0: Hello and welcome to Your Magic, I'm Michelle T, and today I am thrilled to be hanging out with Sabrina Jaliz, actress, comedian, Old Navy model, and creator of the forthcoming television show, Landing, about a bunch of 20-something Brooklyn queers, which I am very excited about. We're going to talk about synchronicity, queer baby-making, and how pain can make you tougher. After that, we're going to hear from someone else very special, my pregnancy doula, Sandra Lloyd. Of course, she is also a shaman, and she has a ritual to help connect with and rev up your fertility. Stay with us. So, you know, one of the guests today happens to be my pregnancy doula, Sandra Lloyd, And reconnecting with her, hearing her ritual, really brought me back to when I got to work with her almost eight years ago when I was pregnant with my son. I went to a doula meet and greet at my local natural birth emporium. I feel like lots of cities have these spots now, right? Places where you can get, you know, natural organic bamboo fiber onesies and cookies that bring on your breast milk and whatnot. In a back room that doubled as a prenatal yoga studio, a line of women sat in a lineup, the doulas, while a bunch of nervous pregnant people sat on the floor fidgeting. Why were we nervous? Oh my God, there's so much to be nervous about when you're pregnant. That day, I was besieged by the normal scarcity fears that overwhelm me when it's time to spend some money. Plus, I was made nervous by the high stakesiness of this whole shopping for doulas thing. You guys, what if my birth experience is not perfect and it's because I made a bad decision? I know how dumb it all sounds, but nothing really prepares you for being pregnant, especially if you're a queer 42-year-old who hadn't ever thought they'd want to be a mom until a couple of years ago. So that was my mental state at the doula meet and greet, and from the vibes in the room, I wasn't the only one feeling the nerves. I knew I had to have a doula. Everyone said so. They coached you through what to me felt like a looming and unimaginable initiation. They had one foot in the old ways, like a midwife, and then one foot in the hospital, where they knew how to talk to the doctors and advocate for you if your birth plan went against the Western protocol. For a woo women like myself, who wanted my childbirth experience to be as archetypal and human and direct as possible, you needed a doula. And that day in the yoga studio, I saw her there. With her firecracker red curls and friendly face, she radiated witchy good cheer. My ex thought she resembled the enthusiastic P-flag mom from Queer as Folk, and wouldn't you know, she was an enthusiastic P-flag mom in that she adored her queer child. She was a Libra as my son was bound to be, and so she became my doula. In the end, due to my son being so cozy in his lotus position within my womb, refusing to dive down into a more birth-ready position, Sandra did not help me push my baby out. That would not be my birth story. He was breech. I had to have a C-section but her presence in my life during my pregnancy was a constant joy and reassurance. Because she also works as a shaman, she was able to make contact with the baby within me and reported back that he would love the water and would always want to have one foot splashing in it. It is remarkably true. He took to swimming like he came to earth knowing how and can spend hours body surfing at the beach, unafraid of waves. I always thought of him as a little mer-baby when he was inside me. When I felt him move so fluid, it was easy to imagine a little fish boy swimming in my belly. Even though I didn't need a doula to coach me through labor, having a doula in the operating room as the medical team prepared to deliver my baby was crucial. I had to fight a little to get her in there, or rather she had to fight a little. It's great to have a doula who is a bit of a fighter. Not too much to make an enemy of a nurse, but strong enough to be able to get you what you want. As my baby was lifted from me out into the world, Sandra said that she was seeing a dragonfly. My mother believed that my grandfather's spirit presents as a dragonfly. I loved imagining he was there in the room, watching the birth of his great-grandson, who had given a middle name in his honor. Childbirth is so common, right? So whatever. People get pregnant and give birth every minute of every day. It's happening right now. Animals too. It all literally happens by accident constantly. Yet, it is also the most magical, heightened experience I've ever had. Absolutely sacred. An experience which connects you to the eternity of life on Earth. You definitely want a doula by your side on this journey. And in my opinion, you really, really want her to be a witch. Here's Sabrina Jaliz. Hi, Sabrina Jaliz. Hi, Michelle T. Thank you so much for being on your magic.
1: I'm so glad the magic uh, came together to make this happen finally.
0: Yeah, it's very magical. You were supposed to be in our live show before, and then COVID happened.
1: Did COVID happen because of that booking? Because the universe was so jealous that we'd be together again?
0: And you were going to be talking all about, because it was Aries season. Yes. uh, You were going to be talking all about your life is an Aries or giving the Aries perspective.
1: Which I, um, just like I was back in college, immediately like Googled like what are Aries traits and then wrote <laughs> as if I was a expert. I was like, well, of course this part of my personality is so Aries.
0: I don't even care if people believe in astrology, but I'm always curious. I do, to-
1: I do, I do. I have to say I do. I'm a convert. I come from a place, My I, that's what you just sensed in me. You energetically sensed my aversion to falling for anything. Right, which Which I respect. Yeah. My dad's Muslim. My mom grew up, I guess, Christian. And when they came together and people were weird about it, I think the philosophy was born of like, everything's bullshit Um, and like, don't fall for any tricks.
0: Right. These are just like weird belief systems that have just like been in place to keep people apart from each other and create havoc as so much religion has. But
1: but crystals and astrology, that's for everyone. And so I can I can come to it with trust.
0: Oh, so so you weren't raised with any sort of like religion or spirituality or were you?
1: Well, like the backdrop was a big old Bollywood movie set in Islam. (laughs) It it was like the backdrop was like crazy rich Asians, but crazy poor Pakistanis. (laughs) So like the weddings were very religious. The mosque was a fixture. I would be there. We would be there. My grandmother at some point was like, you know, if you read like the, there was like this very like thin, like almost a pamphlet um, sized abridged version of the Quran in English. And my grandma was like, if you read that, we'll throw you a party. We get you lots of money. And I was like, Ooh, yes, I love money, honey. So I was like, plan the party girl. I'm going to read this in a night. And my mom sort of came to me and was like, you know, if you do that, you're basically being like, that's that's the big celebration that the expectation is that you are Muslim. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I simply I simply can't read it then.
0: Oh, wow. How old were you?
1: I was at that time probably like 10, 11, 12.
0: So it's like that age where like a lot of religions have like shit or get off the pot now, kid. It's like, you have to, like, you get confirmed in Catholicism or you get your Ba mitzvah or like.
1: Yeah. And we were just a family that was shitting all around the pot the whole time. And kind of like in the face of, of the culture being like, this is how you live. Just me existing was an example of how not to live. Yeah, I say like my parents were the original lesbians, like them holding hands in the seventies, a brown guy and a white girl. It was just like, oh my God, she's been kidnapped. They were that first sort of societal bump relationship
0: but it sounds like they still stayed if you were going to the mosque and whatnot like there was there like a still like a cultural attachment
1: yeah like a respect respect for the for the whole you know what they're up to and taking part in family things but also you know my mom was always very clear of like i'm not a converted woman and my dad was always like you know i think the whole experience of my dad was always i think and my grandfather was a philosopher. He was like a, he would, he wrote books that, that sort of um, analyzed Pakistani poetry. No way. Yeah. My dad has these memories of my grandfather sitting around and sort of debating religion and debating, talking about politics and religion as a thing to sort of draw from and not take literally. So I think that my dad was always sort of like a little bit against the Muslim grain a little bit. And then in marrying, Uh, a white woman, the reaction around that just sort of will push you further into like, okay, well, yeah, then it's a done deal that that, like, I don't need to like kowtow. Kowtow and against the grain, things that come out in a podcast and not conversation. (laughs) Like no way if we were sitting on a park bench chatting, would I have the audacity to use against the grain and kowtow in the same 10 second chunk. Just kowtowing with the grains, honey.
0: (laughs) So in your comedy acts, you have totally talked about like coming out to your parents. Yes, um, the original yes. lesbians. So how did the how did the original lesbians respond?
1: The original lesbians were like, "Oh shit, the reboot is tough to swallow." <laughs> wow, wow! Yeah. They're like, "Why can't we stick to the original?" You know, marry a white guy. Um, <laughs> they, my mom had a really hard time because she was, I think, like. Uh, taking it all in and really, uh, well, actually, at first she was like, I don't believe you, which is, you know, like, obviously, we're not on punk, honey, this is happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> but her her excuses were like, you know, when you played baseball, you were the pitcher. And you know, you do stand up and you do all these things to be at the center of attention. And this is just another one of those things. And I'm like, girl, you're arguing the wrong argument right now with the softball and the stand-up it's like these are not like those are all signs that you'd be dainty (laughs) so my dad was actually I I told my mom on like a Friday and was like I don't want to tell everyone I'm just giving you the sneak peek that I'm gay and I'm dating this girl and she was like by Sunday she like couldn't hold it in anymore she was like you know crying over me leaving the socks in the living room and my dad was like what is going on and so then I she was like you have to tell him and I went up the stairs and it was like the longest walk up the stairs. Like every fucking step was 100 kowtow grains.
2: <laughs>
1: and I was like shaking and I was like, mom doesn't believe me, but I'm gay. Mom I'm doesn't gay believe
2: dead. me. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Just framing it right, right away of like, do you want to be a part of the good team or the bad team? Mom doesn't believe me. Mom do- didn't believe me at the time. And my dad really like stood up and held me and said Aww. like, it's going to be okay this is okay where it's going to be okay. That's so sweet. I love that. And then in the long run, my mom really actually took it in and had dealt with it. Whereas my dad, once that relationship was over and I was like trying to keep it, the gay ball in the air of like, and that doesn't mean I'm not, you know, right. this, I'm going to a gay party. My dad would be like, please don't tell me that. Why are you go to a gay party? You know, like like it, it, was, it was a slower sort of, he was, I think in that moment when I came out being this really great sort of like, the dad I needed him to be, Mm -hmm. like, the parent I needed for the ship to get sort of course corrected and us to, like, continue sailing. Yeah. Like, and not be in this tailspin of, like, are we going to accept this or not? But then in the long run, my mom was more sort of like, yeah, she's gay. Deal with it. I did.
0: Wow. So obviously they're all on board now with you and your beautiful family and your beautiful wife and your gorgeous little offspring, Wolfie. Um, what signs are your parents back to astrology? Well, my,
1: oh my gosh, this is going to be embarrassing. My mom's birthday is August 13th. And I, my dad's birthday was written two different ways. One on his passport and one actually how he was born. Okay. I'm going to guess this is so fucking bad. Truly that I do not, cannot tell you for sure what my dad's birthday is, but let's say it's Feb 1.
0: So it sounds like your mom's a Leo and your dad's an Aquarius, which is like they're opposite on the on the astrological spectrum.
1: Oh my gosh. Are they ever?
0: As an Aquarius, I, I love Leos. I think they're actually quite complimentary because they're both like really fun, interesting signs. But I love thinking about your mother like crying over you leaving your socks around because that's like so dramatic. It's like very Leo, like big yes, big expressions of of emotion. Yes. Whereas and like your and your dad being like, I will do the right thing, which is like very like detached, you know, the Aquarian can be very; they can be very detached from their feelings and just sort of live in ideas.
1: Yeah, you know, yes. which
0: makes sense that it took your dad a minute to connect with his feelings. Because you mm-hmm. could just like see the like, well, obviously this is fine. And then but then he's like, Oh, but I'm conditioned to have these feelings about this. And that took a minute, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So like as a queer person, like it's almost like, do you feel pressured to believe in astrology and, and hold crystals as a as a queer in LA?
1: As the wife of um a woman that is a frequent shopper of House of Intuition, um, I do feel. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> I'd like to
0: Are you married to a witch? Are you like Darren from Bewitched, basically? Yes.
1: I don't know Darren from Bewitched, but I immediately relate to him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like um, also just in our life together, I've seen the payoff of noticing signs and being in tune and being connected to the moon and all of these things that I say with that tone, but really like there's been huge payoffs in our life from observing those
0: things like dude like what kind of things how have you seen it well like how
1: wolfie you... like the way wolfie was born wolfie shauna had dreams about wolves and woke up like a year into our relationship 11 years ago and was like our son's our baby's name is wolfie
0: oh my gosh
1: and i was like uh we're having babies she <laughs> wants to marry me my mom's <laughs> gonna be pissed about the name but i've got a new mom now and it's shauna <laughs> <laughs> which is a sexy point of view. And and so every time we'd see little brown boys specifically, we'd be like, look at Wolfie over there. Look at Wolfie over there. Oh gosh. And then in comes, you know, the wave that brought Ricky into our lives. And Ricky is our donor and he was my surf instructor in Mexico. And um, the repetition too of Shauna, Shauna pukes like violent puke and diarrhea (laughs) but she had like a violent sort of like expulsion like all of her body sort of um rejecting the past the (sighs) night before i proposed to her and also the night before or the day of me going into the water taking a surf lesson with ricky meeting him and being like wow this is like this is someone to me and you know, her being sick gave me the thing of like, I'll go take the solo lesson. I'll have some drinks with him after and connect. And I'll see on the back of his, on his back is a tattoo of a wolf. Whoa. And that tattoo, yes, that tattoo of the wolf was cropped and like, was the same style and crop of a wolf um, that one year before when we had started sort of thinking like, okay, now's the time that we should start opening doors, seeing where wolf is. We got a plate from our friends. We were in Palm Springs and we got this plate Like literally almost a year to the day. We did like joke. Ex- it was Christmas, but we were, happened to be in the same town. So we were like, we'll do like jokey present exchange. They went to Goodwill and got a plate with a wolf on it. And in the corner, it said mom. Oh, wow. And that sort of symbol of the wolf was on Ricky's back. And it's like, you know, there's a way of... Um, you know taking signs too far of like oh my god the day that i quit instagram i see a stop sign you know (laughs) yes i do know i do know (laughs) and so like that sort of muddies the water of like the moments where it is actually no this is like pretty pretty huge and um and so that synchronicity and the continuation of the wolf and now manifesting as our gorgeous son wolfie which and it's like you know perfect for him and his personality that's really cool
0: I just distracted myself with my own tarot cards. That's what you heard. And I'm wondering if I can pull cards for you.
1: I would love to get some cards pulled.
0: Awesome. Um, Is there anything in particular you'd like to know about in your exciting life?
1: Oh, my gosh. There is a very exciting thing happening um, in our life that's also been a very heart-challenging journey of we've been on this IVF track. IVF, as you know, stands for it's very fucked. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There's literally uh,
1: truly um, the only good thing that can come from this IVF journey is that maybe I'll write like a get out type horror film about IBF doctors.
2: Oh, Truly
0: please do just a please
1: cast do. of Amelia Bedelia's scrambling the eggs, putting the drapes in the oven. Just every email we get from these people in Puerto Vallarta, I'm like, oh my God, brace yourself. It's like, and if it's a good news email, they're like, we have some news for you. Things have developed. There is an appointment set. Your body is sufficient. <laughs> we will be moving forward. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> oh. Oh no. So
0: are you doing it Puerto Vallarta because that's where your donor is?
1: Our donors in Vallarta, we had this, I mean, talk about omens. I had a gig right across the street from this fertility clinic. So that was actually not the best omen <laughs> is that we did trap ourselves right before COVID. We trapped our three embryos made by my egg, Ricky Sperm in this clinic in Vallarta. Okay. And we have put a couple in and it has not been a Sweet and easy journey. It has been one miscarriage. Um, so sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank
1: you. It's so baddie baddie, and also like so weird societally, where it's like, do you talk about it? Do you not talk about it? You're not supposed to talk about it. If you talk about it, you know, like I had a friend's mom say, like, don't you, you wish you hadn't said anything now? And I'm like, I'm gonna push you down the stairs. And then ask you if you wish that you hadn't said anything now, ma'am.
0: So it's such a mind fuck. It is all of those things. And you're balancing it all the time, figuring out how do I feel? How do I want to feel? How do I want to present that I'm feeling? But I really believe mm. that this um, this uh, cultural pressure to not talk about it makes it so much harder and I just remember feeling mm-hmm. almost embarrassed when I was telling people I had a miscarriage, as if I had like committed yes. some terrible faux pas.
1: Well, even the word miscarriage—it's like no, actually, if you look at the um, the stats on these embryos, these embryos are have—I I froze my egg at thirty-four with Ricky's sperm. They have a fifty percent chance of producing a full-term pregnancy, I think. Okay. Hopefully, if not just just a pregnancy, mm-hmm. which the idea that the term miscarriage. Literally insinuates that you carried it wrong. You simply <laughs> could not hold on to it. You simply let all the eggs out of the basket, and they rolled all down your legs and onto the floor. You silly little goose. And it's like fuck that, like fuck that. And we know nothing about. You know, R- Wolfie was made in this beautiful way. Where actually, I did your show once. It was a sh- it was a, a show that you had arranged, and it was a moms group. And I talked about how Wolfie was made, and yeah. I remember someone in the audience was like, "Well." Fucking good for you. Cause Wolfie was made. I just tossed Ricky's sperm inside Shauna. We had sex and well Shauna and I had sex. I threw his sperm inside and in an Airbnb, wham bam, there's Wolfie on the way. Yeah. Wolfie rising. And Someone – the way that I talked about it and I was kind of bragging about it was completely insensitive to the journey that most people go on. But I was excited and whatever, whatever, whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, like
1: – Look, it is it is what it is and that person. I just understand that person's pain now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I also loved your joy and your, like, um, very Aries – sort of like clocking us about <laughs> yes. it, you know, I, yes, I it, was, was it was very, but it was very joyful. And I, I remember that show very um, clearly. I remember all of it. And, yeah.
1: And I remember talking to the person after and hearing about this path. And now we are living that path with the second child. It is, it's, it's harder and we are sort of constantly, you know, rallying and trying not to let this eclipse All of the joyful things that are happening just because we want more doesn't mean we have to stare down the barrel of what we are are like journeying for. And at the same time, when it comes to something that is really feels so high stakes, it's hard. And it's mostly hard, too, for the person who's getting their body ready to be this home. Yeah. And um, and that's Shauna. And so we are on the verge tomorrow, we're flying to Vallarta, and on Saturday, we are implanting our third and last embryo.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, this is a really big deal.
1: And so that'll be sort of, yeah, the beginning of, of a new journey, whether that is the embryo is real, and the Amelia Bedelias did do one embryo good, and it prepped us right, and it's all... If it's not, it really is after like, you know, testing and everything, it really would be like flipping the coin three times and getting the exact same result, mm-hmm. which happens. Yeah. Not all the time. And it might happen if the universe is like, bitch, do your own work. You are a butch, but you've got a uterus. Go do your own work. Drag that pussy all around. Drag it all over the town. Go fill it up. Go fill that up with just see how it goes. See how it goes. See how
0: it goes. Wait a minute. <laughs> so that was beautiful. Um, and composed Thank on you. The spot, perhaps like very talented. So if this doesn't happen, the next move would be that you would carry, you would face the fear that all butches. All family making butch's fear, which is like, oh fuck, is it gonna come down to me having to carry the baby in my butch bod?
1: Yes, which after seeing after stabbing my wife with progesterone and having this journey be like all on her shoulders and her body and her uterus, I'm very ready to do. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like literally when I think of like role models, like visible societal role models for that, I'm 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 it's giving the time Oprah was like a man with a baby coming to the circus this week, right. you know, like yes, it's yes. giving like not a lot of, but you know, Shauna will style me good, and um, oh yeah, she will. I'm like a, I'm a baby, and I do look for little weaselly ways of getting out of these things, and I really
0: was. Oh, you'll love it. You might actually love being pregnant. Like people are so fucking nice to you, Um and I mean, like I'm like. I don't know. Like, I'm a like skinny white girl and have a lot of privilege, but I also am like really tattooed and and like ha- have a scowl on my face a lot. And I'm used to just not being <laughs> regarded by the public in a super pleasant way. But oh my god, everyone loved me when I was pregnant. I couldn't believe it. I, I got you get the
1: regular white treatment. I
0: got like it was incredible. It was incredible. And um, food food has never tasted so good as when okay. I was pregnant, and it never will again. Um, and I I am literally sad about that sometimes. And yeah, there's so many perks to being pregnant that I bet you would enjoy.
1: So I bet I I bet I would. And at the same time, oof, we hope for this third M. And then at the th- and, and at the same time, you know what desperation is? It's stinky. So guess what? We don't want anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend um who's queer and um had a butch partner okay, show off <laughs> me too, <everyone. laughs> had a butch partner, and they got pregnant in like the eighties and the the butch partner carried the baby angie this like Old school Italian butch with like a silver pompadour, riding a yes. motorcycle till she yes. was six months pregnant to the her, hospital, with her motorcycle jacket and her giant belly and overalls until her wife was finally like, you know something, I think six months, like maybe you can put the motorcycle away for the rest of the- <laughs> of the pregnancy. So, like, it's so... This is just the problem with, like, queer history and how, like, we don't have... queer history and visibility. Yeah. Like, there are other butches who've carried babies out there from time immemorial, and we just need to find who they are so we can, like, love on them and give them all the props, you know?
1: Yes. I also... Should get a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the takeaway from um, that. Obviously, <laughs> that's the take away is
1: I need a motorcycle. But like, there is an aspect. It, it is very societal. Like my impression of you know, even just the first thought being that Shauna and Shauna is beautiful, pregnant. Shauna, it, it it like flows from her. It is. It, it it's not wrong for us to have thought that that's the way it would go. And to be honest, she wants to be pregnant yeah. again. And I don't. I haven't. You know, I haven't seen myself in that way because pregnancy seems like such a feminine thing. It's the same way I haven't thought to like put on hoop earrings and wear a dress lately. But like the rebrand, right? The Angie on the motorcycle, you know, it's like, and it's so funny because it's like also people are like, have you considered adoption? Like it's like the very, like, like it's like I've never thought of it. Right. Yeah. We have, we are fully open to that. And at the same time, there is a natural longing for me to see. Beyond this Amelia Bedelia clinic, is this something that's in our destiny or not? And I can accept it and I can move on and I can pivot. But like.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that there's like such a pressure, I think, on queer couples to adopt. Like, I really felt that when I was trying to get pregnant. I was like, this is fine. But like, do you also like tell this to like all your like straight friends who are knocking each other up? Like, do they also get this slightly scolding? like, you know, the yes, adoption, yes. don't you? It's like, yeah. And that's not, the and right. there's also
1: like a whole journey and path with that. Yes, where there like, is. You know, you could very well be on that path and someone yep. could be like, have you tried IVF? And it's like, <laughs> literally we're just trying. That's it. Yes. We're trying, we're swinging, we're opening doors, yep. we seeing what's locked.
0: God, well, what do you want to know about? I mean, honestly, I'm terrified to pull cards for really high stake situations like this. Like
1: you don't have to no, I. I mean, we don't have to pull cards direct. Like we are now the good thing about pain is that you get a little bit tougher, Yeah. you know? And like, so we don't have to pull cards directly for if this one embryo, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I've put us in a bit of a pickle. It's hard. You're like, you're going to draw like a devil card and be like the angel of baby. (laughs) It's a baby for sure. (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. I mean, well, here's the thing. It's like I just know from experience from reading my own cards and all of it that when you pick cards for a path that you are doggedly on, there's no turning back from this path and you get a suite of really hard cards, you're kind of fucked because you can't turn back and those cards do create a sort of cloud cover over you as you move forward. So, yeah. So, you know, like I remember I I was like hoping this TV thing would happen and like my my aunt was just like, oh that's not going on, you know, for you. She picked cards for me. And I was like, cool, because I have all these meetings. Like, I can't, it would be insane for me to be like, you know something I'm dropping out because my aunt told me.
1: Show up to all the meetings being like, well, this is not fucking happening. So let's talk about why.
0: Right. But it didn't, you know? And the whole yeah. time as I moved through it, I was haunted by this reading saying that it wouldn't. I have a special thing I want to do for you, actually. Hold on, okay. hold on. And let me grab a different deck that I love. I adore this deck. Okay, so now instead of a tarot deck, a proper tarot deck with the major Arcana and the minor Arcana and all that business. I have an Oracle deck called Vessel. It's so sweet. I really love it. It's by this artist, uh, Mary Elizabeth Evans. And an Oracle deck, it's basically like anybody can make an Oracle deck. You decide what the images are. You decide what they symbolize. You kind of create the symbolic system. And people can play with it just like you do with tarot. I like this deck when people are just stuck in a sort of tough situation. And you guys are. I mean, there's like, so, there's so much um, optimism and hope and reason for it. And like no reason to believe that you won't mm-hmm. end up with your like perfect, beautiful baby at the end of it. But the process is is rough. So this yeah. is a good deck to be like, what's on your side right now? Like as you guys move yes. through this, you know, like uh, the pain making you tougher, like looking at different options. Um You know, the stress on the body, like I so feel for you guys. Um, so I'm gonna ask the tarot like what are some energies that you guys should be aware of, either because maybe they're like hard energies that you need to like work through or they're positive energies Mm -hmm. that are there for you to kind of grab onto and help you through it. All right. Oh, this is so great. Oh, I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills. I do wanna tell you, even though this is a very sweet deck, there are definitely rough cards in this deck. It's not like Angel cards where every single card says something sweet. And so you just get this like fake sugar-coated I dating. I want
1: that Cusby house move. Give it. to me. Let's
0: do this. No, no. Trust. Your first card you got is trust.
1: Oh, my God. Trust. I mean, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. We have to trust. We have you to. You really
0: do. You have to trust your process, right? Yeah. It's so hard to do that, especially it's like, you know, it's like. Yeah, the journey, blah blah blah. But when you're trying to have a baby, you're like, just give me the fucking baby, like, because the process of getting there is literally painful. But trust, trust mm-hmm. the process, and then movement. There will be movement. movement. I like this a lot. I like yes. this. You guys keep keep making your own moves. Keep the movement going, and then
1: yes.
0: begin. Begin. Yes! this is really exciting. I mean, what I would say from this, like, is that. <laughs> this looks really good i mean it looks like there's just like a lot it's i love that you guys are both fire signs too because the this oracle deck doesn't have the elemental associations that a normal tarot deck does but i still think of the movement card and the begin card as fire cards and so it's like you guys have this beautiful energy separately and together that's like multiplied when you're together. And that energy is just propelling you guys forward with trust in the process and in like the bounty of the universe. And you guys are definitely going to get your baby. Um, Yeah. Yeah, this is really, this is exciting. It's like, you're doing all the right things. There's nothing, there's no cards here that are just like, oh, watch out for this sort of, I don't know, habit or belief system or something. It's like, no, just keep trusting and keep like, you know, just keep beginning, you know, it's like, it really is like that when you're like going through the eggs, you're like, okay, here we go again. Like, Mm, you know, like mm -hmm. we're just beginning again, but, um, this is really exciting. So, so when is it happening? It's happening
1: this Saturday, this Saturday. And we fly to
0: Mexico tomorrow. So exciting. This Saturday, Yeah. this Saturday is, um, the 27th. Okay, cool. I'm going to light a candle for you guys. That's yeah. yeah.
1: And like, I guess the word trust, like the, part of this journey that now, like the third time around, I'm really looking in the eyes of is that trust also means trust that if this is not the embryo, that it truly is not. And there's all sorts of different painful ways for that to unfold. And like trusting, you know, the answer of no is actually the answer of yes to another um, journey as well absolutely so that's something that like you know the first embryo we were like rock and sock, em, we got this um the second one we we're like oh here we go yeah. and now the third one it's sort of like we hope we hope and we do need it's true like literally everyone is telling us like despite every uh, every altercation with this clinic we the clinic holds the embryo and the embryo is a possibility and we have to trust that possibility you and do. get ourselves
0: there yeah you really do you really do my, my my kid was the third embryo yes yeah oh yeah my kid was the third oh, embryo the first I'm one so didn't take the second one was a stories. miscarriage and then i got, i got the third one um so you know it's like and then i was just like you know you do make those contingent plans you're like well what if You know, this one doesn't take. And I was just like, we're going to Paris. (laughs) I'm just like, fuck this baby thing. Just going to Paris and buying clothes. Um, But, you know, you you got a different plan and your plans are so great. I think we
1: should just make the Paris plan, though, too. Yeah, why not? If pregnant, we stay, we bathe, we acupuncture, we chill. If no pregnant, we Paris, we get clothes, we say we love ourselves, we have fun, we live, we live another
2: day. Hello, this is urban shaman Sandra Lloyd. I'm a hypnotherapist, a shamanic healer, birth advocate and ceremonialist. And I have a ritual to share with you today to enhance fertility and invite conception. This ritual will assist you in releasing blocks or stuck energy or negativity that may be standing in the way of you opening to the new life you're wanting to call in. This ritual isn't just for getting pregnant, it's also excellent for birthing your creativity into the world. What you'll need to gather for the ritual is an orange crystal or stone, like calcite or citrine. The color orange is associated with that second chakra, the energy home in your body of creativity and fertility. You need a shell for our moon mother, menstrual blood collected and added to a cup of water, a vessel to hold that moon water in a jar or container a place in nature of your choosing perhaps near a tree or your garden or a body of water and a pen and paper to record any insights that you gain from this experience if you are wondering how to collect menstrual blood it's really simple you use a moon cup or a menstrual cup to collect your blood bleeding directly into the cup and dilute that blood in a cup of water. Or you can free bleed on a towel at night and soak the towel in water and use that water for the offering. For those of you who don't bleed or don't feel called to use their menstrual blood, you can use the moon water instead. To make that moon water, you simply place a jar or a bowl of water outside under direct moonlight. A full moon is the best. If you live in a city like I do, where there's less access to the bright full moon, just place the water near a window or on a windowsill and do not worry, the moon will definitely find you. When and how to do this ritual is if you're making a blood offering, you would do this on your moon time. If you're using moon water, you can make the offering on the full moon. Remember the full moon is about releasing, clearing and letting go. And the new moon is about planting seeds of intention. And now for the ritual. Bring the elements that you've gathered and find a place in nature that's comfortable for you and feel safe. Sit down on the earth. Take your shell and your crystal and place it on the ground in front of you and connect with your perineum, feeling it touch the earth, the soil beneath you. And begin some slow, deep breathing into your belly to come into the presence of the body of the earth. This is a good time to call in spirit in whatever way feels best for you. God or goddess, the directions, the elements, your spirit guides, the angels, the ancestors. And you can offer your gratitude now to the Earth and the Moon Mothers for continuing to support and create thriving life for all. You can use words or song if you like. Now take the vessel of menstrual blood or the Moon Water and pour it slowly into the Earth. And just pause for a moment. Close your eyes. Reconnect with your breath. Place one hand on your heart and one on your belly. And just begin sending your breath down from your heart space, down through the center channel of your body, through your belly, into your perineum, down all the way into the core of the mother. And then pulling up your breath from the core up through the layers of the earth into your perineum, your belly, and back into your heart. And just feel this easy flow back and forth as the energy moves up and down. Now give your attention to whatever is arising in you that your wiser self wants you to see. Whatever needs releasing, any interfering energy, patterns of thought or action or emotion that no longer serve you and keep you out of balance. Continue releasing down to the earth. Allow yourself to let her help you come into balance and right relationship with the Great Mother. She is the ultimate recycler and transmitter of energy into new forms. And just stay with this release till you feel complete for now. And when you do feel complete, returning just to your breath, breathing gently and slowly to bring yourself fully back into the present to the place where you're sitting, rubbing your hands together, and opening your eyes when you're ready. And take the time now to write down any insights or experience that came from this ritual. Be sure to thank your moon mother and earth mother before you leave. And remember to let go of just how these changes will actually happen. Relax with this. So may it be.
0: Thank you, Sandra, so much for this amazing ritual. I love, love, love magic that uses body fluids. I just think there is real power in it, both because it comes from our bodies, and our bodies are magic, and because, let's face it, a lot of people are freaked out by it. Emotion can really charge things and increase their power, and there is a lot of power in menstrual blood. I also love knowing that if your body doesn't make that stuff, you have the power of the moon and the waters of the earth that it pulls upon, so many tools at our disposal for magic making. Whether you're setting out to make a person or a picture, a family or a romance, whether you want to use this ritual to literally help you knock yourself up, or as a metaphor to conjure empress vibes, we hope you have a grounding and uplifting time of it. Thanks for tuning into Your Magic. You can support us, plus get access to a whole bunch of bonus content at patreon.com backslash thisisyourmagic. Every dollar makes our work possible. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thisisyourmagic. You can rate us and subscribe right here on Spotify. Please do what you need to do to never miss an episode. And you can email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Elizalde, Tony Gannon, and Vera Blossom. We got production support from Angelica Crisostomo. Our executive producers are Ben Cooley, myself, and Molly Elizalde. Our original theme music is by John Kimbrough. Thanks for listening.